Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and the book Tactics when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's continued teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now verses 8 through 11, concerning spiritual gifts. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we do part two of spiritual gifts, we're going to get into the specific gifts, gifts now that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. But let's do this. If you're physically able to stand, let's read the passage together. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read 1 through 11. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. 12.3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is anathema or accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the the distinguishing or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues or languages, and to another the interpretation of tongues or languages. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. May the Lord write His word on our hearts. You may be seated and let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for each precious person of the body of Christ that's come into this place Those who are visiting today, those who may not know you yet, those who may have been away for a while, maybe they've been a prodigal, but they want to come home. Uh, Lord, those who would say, I'm not sure what my spiritual gift is yet, but I want to know what it is and I want to use it for the glory of God. Thank you that you sovereignly distribute gifts to your people to manifest the glory of God, to manifest something that can be for the good of the body. And Lord, we want to be yielded to that. And we know, as we studied last week, it's possible to neglect your spiritual gift. It's possible to not engage it. And that is up to us to to engage the gift, to actually use it. We have a part to play. You distribute the gifts, but we have to put them into practice. So may we have ears to hear what you would say to us, what your spirit would say to your body, your church, for whom you died. May you bless this time May you be glorified in it, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, we've been looking at spiritual gifts, and we're in part two. We've kind of set the groundwork for the gifts, and we're going to get into the specific gifts, but before we do, I want to remind you that the reason that we have gifts to begin with is because God is a giving God. He is a giver by nature. Love is something that wants to give. We want to give away things that can bless other people. That's what love does. Love wants to bless other people. 
John 3.16, we happen to be studying the book of John at our Thursday morning Bible study. For those uh, of you who are uh, men who have uh, some availability to be in town at 9 a.m. on Thursday mornings, we're at Marie Callender's, and we're going through the book of John, the gospel of John, verse by verse, and we spent the whole Bible study this last Thursday on John 3.16 because it's so incredibly rich. And that, that verse, as we all know it, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, they'll have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave. What motivated God to give his Son is his love. And there, it's the love of the Father. God the Father so loved the world that he made that had been lost in sin that he gave. God is a giving God. Tim Tebow, who played for the Florida Gators, uh, had an incredible run in 2009. He's a committed believer, and he started to think about ways that he could glorify God on the field. And so under his eyes, what we call the eye black, when you're playing a sport, he put Philippians. He Actually, it was Phil, uh, abbreviated 413. And that verse says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So he said, he's being interviewed and he said, I thought that was a good verse for a football player. And so uh, Philippians 4.13 began to be this big thing on campus and even with the coaches. And they went on this incredible run and people who are not really familiar with the Bible start to, started to think that it was kind of a good luck charm. They were winning all these games and there was even a guy named Phil who thought it was about him because <laughs> it was Phil 4.13. Anyway. So Tebow said that as the season was winding down, he felt like the Lord was really impressing upon him to change the verse. And he mentioned it to the coaches, and the coaches were like, no, don't change the verse. We're winning. <laughs> they thought it was like a good luck charm, and Tebow was like, no, I, I believe that the Lord wants me to change the verse. So Tebow changed the verse to John 3.16, and he wore that in the national championship game. Uh, the Florida Gators won the game, and after the game... Tebow got word that 94 million people Googled John 3.16 as a result. And Tebow's first response was, he said, I was shocked, not because 94 million people Googled the verse, but how do 94 million people don't know what John 3.16 says? So he said he was a little taken back by that, but anyway, time went by, and three years later, Tebow was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. There was a, a playoff game in Denver, and it was the Broncos against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you're a Steeler fan, you remember that game, because the game went into overtime, and Tebow threw like an 80-yard touchdown pass to beat the Steelers, much to my devastation as a Steeler fan. But anyway, I don't want to relive that right now. So the Broncos won the game, and Tebow was in the hallway, and he was going to go out and talk to the press. And as he was making his way down the hallway, down the back hallway to the press room, the media guy for the Broncos said, Tim, you won't believe what happened tonight. Do you know what happened? And Tebow was like, yeah, we just beat the Steelers, and we're going to play the Patriots. He goes, no, Tim, you don't understand. He goes, do you know what your stats were today? And he began to run down the stats of that playoff game, Broncos-Steelers. Here's the stats. Three years to the day after Tebow wore John 3.16 on his eye black, three years exactly to the day, this, is what he, this was the stats for the Broncos during that game against the Steelers. 
Here's, what it, here's the stats. It says, he said, no, I don't think you realize what happened. During the game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per completion were 31.6. Your yards per rush when you ran were 3.16. The ratings for the te television that night were 31.6. And the time of possession for the Broncos was 31 minutes and 6 seconds. During the game, 91 million people Googled John 3.16. And it's the number one trending thing on every platform. Now, do you think that's a coincidence? Now, I have always wondered over the years if, John, if God is involved in sports. Because <laughs> how many of you... How many of you can bear witness to this? Like your football team, baseball team's losing, and you're like, God, I don't know if you answer prayer, but in these kind of settings, I don't know if you care about football and baseball games, but there's been a couple of interesting moments in sports where all you could say is, can that really be a coincidence? I don't think so. I think God was making a statement that night, and Tebow would testify as I watched him interviewed that he thought that night was about a football game. That night was not about a football game. It was about a God who so loves the world that he made that he gave his only son. Many of you know who have followed Tim Tebow's career that he's taken a lot of heat for what he's done by kneeling down and praying. Seems like everybody can do anything they want except you can't pray or acknowledge God anymore. But God is a God of miracles and one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to manifest himself through us. And I tell you that story for a couple reasons. One, to let you know that one life. Imagine in those two games, Tebow got John 3.16 to 180 million people. That's over half the population of the United States of America. By just saying, I'm willing to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. And sometimes we think the things that we do in life can be somewhat insignificant. Maybe we share a Bible verse with someone or we pray with somebody in a moment, hey, can I just pray for you? We don't understand the significance sometimes of how God wants to use us as vessels. Well, God is a giver and he gives gifts to his people. And you'll notice that the gifts are mentioned in verse four. There are a variety of gifts. If you pick it up with me in verse four, there are varieties of gifts. God is a God of variety. You can see that through the over six million forms of plants and animals that God has made. There's a, he's a God of variety. Look around the room right now. He is a God of variety. Now, they say somewhere in the world, every one of us has a twin, and maybe, maybe you've met yours, I don't know, you know, someone who looks a lot like you. But isn't it interesting to just look at the variety of human beings in the room? We're all different. We all have different voice patterns and, and so forth. It's just a unique thing, the God of variety, the God who gives. And he has given to his church his son, by which we are born again. That's what John 3 is talking about. We must be born again by believing on the son. And then after we believe and are sealed with the spirit, we're born again of the spirit. Look at verse 4. The spirit gives gifts. They come by the same Spirit. And there are varieties of them. And scholars would say that the gifts that are listed, about 20 in the New Testament, are probably not even exhaustive. We can see other gifts in the Old Testament, for example, people who are skilled with uh, you know, construction and uh, ventured out to help build the temple and stuff like that. So 
This may not be an exhaustive list, but we do have a good idea of what some of the gifts are as we look at these particular uh, gifts and texts. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Our mission here at Walk in Truth is to equip you with the Word of God and to give you the tools to express your Christian faith. But how do you initiate conversations effortlessly? Walk in Truth and Pastor Michael Lance would like to offer you the 10th anniversary edition of Tactics, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions by Greg Kokel. This is how to navigate a conversation to build a bridge from a conversation to get to spiritual truths and to get to the gospel. We are offering the book Tactics as a thank you when you give a donation of $20 or more to Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com, click the donate button, or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or 844-48-TRUTH. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lentz, right here on Walk in Truth. I think God was making a statement that night, and Tebow would testify as I watched him interviewed that he thought that night was about a football game. That night was not about a football game. It was about a God who so loves the world that he made that he gave his only son. Many of you know who have followed Tim Tebow's career that he's taken a lot of heat for what he's done by kneeling down and praying. Seems like everybody can do anything they want except you can't pray or acknowledge God anymore. But God is a God of miracles and one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to manifest himself through us. And I tell you that story for a couple reasons. One, to let you know that one life. Imagine in those two games, Tebow got John 3.16 to 180 million people. That's over half the population of the United States of America. By just saying, I'm willing to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. And sometimes we think the things that we do in life can be somewhat insignificant. Maybe we share a Bible verse with someone or we pray with somebody in a moment, hey, can I just pray for you? We don't understand the significance sometimes of how God wants to use us as vessels. Well, God is a giver and he gives gifts to his people. And you'll notice that the gifts are mentioned in verse four. There are a variety of gifts. If you pick it up with me in verse four, There are varieties of gifts. God is a God of variety. You can see that through the over six million forms of plants and animals that God has made. There's a, he's a God of variety. Look around the room right now. He is a God of variety. Now they say somewhere in the world, every one of us has a twin and maybe, maybe you've met yours. I don't know. You know, someone who looks a lot like you, but isn't it interesting to just look at the variety of human beings in the room? We're all different. We all have different voice patterns and, and so forth. It's just a unique thing, the God of variety, the God who gives. And he has given to his church his son, 
by which we are born again. That's what John 3 is talking about. We must be born again by believing on the Son. And then after we believe and are sealed with the Spirit, we're born again of the Spirit. Look at verse 4. The Spirit gives gifts. They come by the same Spirit. And there are varieties of them. And scholars would say that the gifts that are listed, about 20 in the New Testament, are probably not even exhaustive. We can see other gifts in the Old Testament, for example, people who are skilled with uh, you know, construction and uh, ventured out to help build the temple and stuff like that. So this may not be an exhaustive list, but we do have a good idea of what some of the gifts are as we look at these particular uh, gifts and texts. Now in verse 5, you can see there are varieties of ministries. So the gifts go into ministries, but the same Lord. We see a hint of the Trinity here as we look at the varieties of workings or effects but the same God. You have Spirit, Lord, and God in verses 4, 5, and 6. And He works, God works all things, notice, in all persons. But to each one, and here it is to each believer, is given. It's a gift that God gives. Notice the emphasis again. It's given. The manifestation of the Spirit, and it is for the common good. Now, the manifestations that we're going to talk about in this section are probably things that come to a believer in a moment and are not necessarily with you forever. And you're going to see by the nature of the list that we look at that these are things that you may have experienced along your journey in a moment of time. Maybe you got a word of wisdom. Maybe you got a word of knowledge. Maybe something supernatural, in quotes, happened to you along the way. But it, it's not necessarily an everyday experience, but these are manifestations of the Spirit. And notice they are given to each one. So somewhere along the way, and maybe as a regular occurrence in the body of Christ, this will be uh, something that happens. Each one is given, uh, given to, to us by God. The manifestation, notice it is of the Spirit. It manifests the Spirit of God. Now, manifestation is a word that I think each of us know, but it's worth just explaining. It is to make evident or to make known. Gifts are to make God known. If you're a note taker, you might want to write that down. Spiritual gifts are given to make God known, to make God manifest to others in the body of Christ, to manifest his goodness, his grace, his truth, his love. And spiritual gifts or manifestations of the Spirit also can make God known to unbelievers. In fact, when an unbeliever comes into our midst, 1 Corinthians 14, he might say something like this, surely God is in this place. Now, how would he or she know that? Well, they would know that maybe by sensing the presence of God, but by also the context is sensing the presence of God through the body of Christ. And so as they see us moving in spiritual gifts, the, the Spirit of God manifesting Himself through the church, God is made known. And God wants to be made known to the world that He made. In fact, He tells us to be witnesses to a lost and dying world. Now everybody turn over to 1 Peter with me. Hold your place in 1 Corinthians. 1 Peter's toward the back of the New Testament. Look at chapter 4. Peter reiterates this idea of these spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4, we're going to look at verses 10 and 11 when he says these words. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. 
As each one has received a special gift, that word for gift there is charisma, and it's defined as a divine endowment or a divine manifestation. As each one, 1 Peter 4.10, has received a special charisma, a gift, it's where we get the idea of the charismatic, right? Employ it, as you receive the gift, you've got to employ it in doing what? In serving one another. And here's your stewardship. You, you have stewardship over money, over your family, over your talents, and over your spiritual gifts as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies. You can see speaking gifts touched on here, serving gifts, but we're to do it by the strength that God gives us by the Spirit so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom or to him belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So be it. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as we have these gifts, we're supposed to employ them, and each one of you have at least one, as we mentioned, and these are things that God may do in your life at certain times when the need arises to manifest himself. God wants to reveal himself to his people and to the world. The manifestation of the Spirit is given, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, for the common good. I touched on this last week as we closed. But the common good literally means, it's sumfero in Greek, and it means to bring us together or to help us help each other. Spiritual gifts are to bring us together, to unify the body. They are for the common good, to help us lift each other up in time of need. We all do that. The body of Christ helps the body. Royal Family Kids Camp is a good example where all these volunteers went down to a camp this week and all engaged spiritual gifts to manifest God to a group of children who needed to see the love of Christ. The body of Christ, when we meet on a Sunday morning, and let's say we have a visitor that comes and meets with us and worships with us, each of us are manifesting our spiritual gifts and all these different ministries that make this work on a Sunday morning to show who God is to people. See, our job is to reveal God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that takes being surrendered to him, and it takes employing our spiritual gift. One writer says, the economic principle here is to pay it forward. If you don't use your gifts, then you simply cannot accomplish this. The economic principle, pay it forward. You get a gift from God, you give it away. You get a gift from God, you give it away. God wants you to be a channel of his grace, a vessel of his grace, to show the world that God is a giving God, and that he loves us and he loves them. And so he gives these gifts to his church to show who he is. To one is given. Notice the, the, the emphasis again is, is given, verse 8, the word of wisdom. See the word word there? That's the Greek word logos, L-O-G-O-S. And this is a speaking gift. It's the word of wisdom. Now we know wisdom and knowledge was huge in first century Corinth. They were all into wisdom. But wisdom really defined is, is this. Wisdom is to know God, to know his will and his ways, and to do it. 
Have you ever been in a situation where someone came to you for counsel and they said, hey, this is a situation that I am facing and what should I do? Do you have any words of wisdom for me? And sometimes, you know, the more, the older I get and the more I've walked with Christ, the less I know. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I used to know everything when I was a Christian for six months. You're listening to Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts, Part 4 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11. We'd really like to hear from you about why you listen to the program. What is it about the message that helps you? Please give us your comments by emailing or writing us. Contact information is on walkintruth.com, or you can call and leave us a brief message at 844-48-TRUTH. Visit walkintruth.com or call 844 844- 48 Truth. And thanks for reaching out to us. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, spiritual gifts is something that God provides to his bride for our benefit, for our mutual edification, that we might encourage one another in the faith. And so the question could become, well, if you're newer to this whole concept of spiritual gifts, what are spiritual gifts? Well, they're really divine enablements or endowments And can you have more than one? And the answer to that question is yes. I think people, most people have more than one spiritual gift. And discovering your spiritual gift and using your spiritual gift is a big part of the Christian life. So make sure you stay tuned. Even if you've heard teaching on spiritual gifts before, ask the Lord to help you engage your gifts for his glory. That's what this is really all about. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow for Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts, Part 5, Pastor Michael's teaching in verses 8 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.